Welcome to the Growing Together podcast, a show for inspiring conversation and practical steps to help your church become the church where all generations thrive. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and today my guest is Juan Rodriguez. He's a youth and young adult director at the Florida Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. He's a strong advocate for media and creativity in his church and has served in Florida for over 22 years. So welcome back, Juan. Last time you were here, we were talking about this idea of listening projects, taking notes, and finding out, well, where are the areas of growth? Where are the areas of frustration when it comes to just church in general with people? Um, And I've seen a lot of times after a project like this happens, uh, a a young leader comes and is like, all right, we're going to change everything. We're going to reform the system and we're gonna just make everything right. And then uh, they try it, and then generally speaking, what I've seen is that it's not received very well. The person gets discouraged, gets burnt out, and the cycle kind of starts all over again. Um, Mm -hmm. Today, we wanna talk about experimenting on the margins and how this is an alternative to the cycle that I just talked about earlier. Can, Can you walk us through this concept, experimenting on the margins? What does this look like? Why is this important? And, and how have you seen it work out in your local church? Well, I, th- I think it's important because, you know, you don't know what's going to work until you try it, right? So mm-hmm. you have to experiment things that are new. Um, and I think it's important for us to understand that it's an, it's okay to fail, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're failing forward, you're learning. And so experimenting with new ideas and new ways, um, uh, I think it's important because we all want to learn. We're all growing. We're on this journey of learning and innovating things and, and doing that even in a church atmosphere. I think it's huge. Uh, but I think one of the most important things that we need to do to be able to see something like this succeed is we have to connect with the pastor. You know, it, it depends It depends on each church, right? Each, a church might not have a, a pastor that is only overseeing that church. They might be overseeing two or three churches or there might be a bi- bivocational pastor, a pastor that you know is not doing this full time per se. Um, but whoever the leader is, you know, the pastor, the head elder, whoever it might be, uh, there has to be a connection between those who want to bring change and that pastor. Uh, because bottom line, from what I see, if the pastor or the main leader of a church uh, is not for it, it's just not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you could beat yourself up with ideas and bring the greatest ideas in the world. But if the pastor, the main leader, you know, maybe two or three main leaders of that church are saying no, it's just not going to work. Yeah. And I I just want to give a a moment of encouragement for any of you guys who find yourself in that situation. If you find yourself with without a supportive pastor or team, uh, one of the future episodes, we're going to be hanging out with another friend also unironically named Justin. <laughs> and he's going to tell the story of when he got moved to a brand new church, one of the main mm. elders comes and like basically literally threatens him uh, and what he did for that. So we know that this is something with prayer and patience that can be navigated through a little bit. Um, but we're talking about, okay, trying new things. We're working with the pastor. We're working with the team. But I think we still have a sense that, you know, just completely revamping everything about the worship service and its style and everything maybe isn't the best way to begin. Um, where have you seen churches find success on the margins and beginning to address some of the concerns that have been mentioned in the listening project? So then when, when you're gathering together with a group of leaders, when you're gathering together with the young people that are giving these ideas or, or changes they want to see, um, it's important to want to be able to focus on, on one thing. You know, the, the book Growing Young deals with six essentials. 
Uh, so you want to try to tackle them one at a time. So the church as a whole, whether it be the church board or, 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 that, or the team that's been put together to sort of see uh, a church to grow young, they have to choose, okay, which one are we going to tackle first? Which essential uh, are we going to deal with first? So if that deals with keychain leadership, okay, how does that look like and how can we make those type of changes in our church? Mm. Um, if it deals with... Um, you know, empathy, you know, how can we do that in a, in a very productive way together? So choosing that, choosing that first, I guess, thing of what you want to focus on is very important to start making those practical changes. Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite key commitment out of the six? You know, I, I do love keychain leadership. That's one of my favorites. Uh, and I love the sample or the example that Steve Case, Steve Case is like the, uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of youth ministries. He's been around forever and an extremely uh, amazing man. Uh, so he, well, I went to one of his trainings one time and he talked about having your board, um, each board member have a young person be there with them. And so uh, whether that be a young adult or a teenager, you know, uh, depending on, on, on that type of church and, and how they were, um, it would be cool to just have a young person. So each board member would have a young person next to them. And during the meeting, um, and of course, all of this is talked about, you know, before it happens. And so the expect expectations are laid out. Right. But during the meeting, let's say there, there's some kind of uh, discussion point that is being talked about and a decision needs to be made. Well, that church board member would turn to their apprentice, right, or their, whoever they're mentoring uh, and, and ask them their opinion you know, and, and, and finds out what they think about the decision. Now, the church board member may not go along with what the young person is saying or their apprentice is saying, but at least they know that. Hmm. They know that coming into the meeting that they are being listened to, and then they make a decision. Well, after a year, reverse the roles. Have that young person be the church board member, the, the deciding member, and then have the other person, their men, the, pres the person that's mentoring them, uh, to give advice. That they come together, they talk about it, they make a decision, or a decision, a decision is made, or at least the decision that the older person or the person who's mentoring them, he tells them his opinion, his idea. But then the young per person can decide whether to go with that or not go with that. Hmm. The decision maker is that young person. So. I've never seen a church do that, to be honest with you. <laughs> but that's I, the dream. Maybe, maybe, maybe there are churches out there that are like that, but I think that would be so powerful because it sends a very clear message. We care about what you have to say, and we mm -hmm. care about what you think about our future. And I think if it's done like that, in the sense of there's planning involved, you're taking the time to develop that relationship. They know what's coming up. They know how church is being run now. Um, it's not like a surprise to them when they go in there. Because I've had, you know, as a pastor, I've had young people sit on my church board. I've had leaders on my church board, on my board of elders. You know, that, that's one thing that can happen, right? To start bringing with keychain leadership, start having young people, teenagers on your church board. Have young people sit in your board of elders, deacons, deaconesses, whatever. You have them get involved in that aspect. Um, but it's different than being intentional and saying, you will lead this church in the yeah. future, and we need you to be that leader. And so that mentoring aspect is huge 
to take place. So if, if a church would ever do that, I would love to see what could happen. You know? And if I go back to pastoring, which one day I hope I will, I'm going to try that and see what, what goes down. There you go. And then you'll be able to tell us after the fact if it worked or not. Uh, I got, I got to right. talk to a pastor who actually tried something similar. Not so much in the, like, you bring a, a Padawan to follow the Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> analogy um, to the board meeting, but actually to open up the board to a greater number of people. And so he went through the church manual, I think it was, and identified several roles that are, that are designated by the church to have board positions that just weren't being fulfilled at that point in time. So maybe they had a dozen people on their board, and really there's another... Let's call it another dozen positions that you are allowed to have as a pastor. And he was just being intentional about selecting the right person for those jobs. And so, um, you know, it was this idea of people don't fear change. They fear loss, which is something that you'll hear in these conversations a lot. Uh, maybe someone who sat on the board for 20 years is going to be afraid of their loss of authority and power if, if they feel like they're going to get replaced. But if they get to keep all that they have and just a new board position is added, that's a way to kind of begin to bring new perspectives to the board meeting and not completely throw over every single table that's that's there in the marketplace, you know? Right, yeah, yeah, I love that. That's good. So have you seen uh, some other experimentation taking place as far as uh, experimenting on the margins? What are some lower hanging fruits that we can try? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh that's funny. <laughs> Some lower hanging fruits we can try. Bro, what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that uh, trying to get people to replace their board, that's going to be hard, I think. Right, right. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay, like not so drastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like, hey, if, if people will do it, great. But I'm, I'm more so interested in what is working. Uh, not something right. that you're dreaming of, although I love the dream. I think that that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, what has actually happened and what have you seen repeated over and over? Well, I have seen in churches that they have that mentoring relationship. So, so again, going back to when I was pastoring, um, I had a requirement for my church board and, and it worked, you know, maybe 50, 50% 50 of them would do it. Uh, but I would tell them, I said, hey, you guys need to start mentoring a young person to... Um, to be a leader in this church, you know, whether it be assisting you or or taking your place, you know, that, that we, we want you to do this. And so I would actually uh, tell our church board that they're re, they were required to mentor someone. And so for those who did it, it was awesome, right? We were able to see change, maybe not necessarily transitioning into a, becoming a board member, but we were able to see change in that team, whether it be head deacon or whether it be um, you know, worship leader or, or whatever it might be. Uh, for example, there's this, there's this one gentleman that was our, our head deacon for a while and he started mentoring this 20-some-year-old that I baptized. And this, and this guy that I baptized, man, he came from a really rough home, uh, some real uh, bad abuse in his life and so on. And so his story within itself is very powerful because he didn't have a very good father figure, but then this mentor that took him on, you know, was able to be that for him. But through the process of them having that relationship and stuff like that, you know, I've, I've left the church. I haven't been in that church for three years. Uh, but that young person that he was mentoring is now the head deacon of the church. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's one process where you see where you're intentional saying, we want this to be your church. I think that 
um, like you said, people are afraid of loss, and that that used to happen. I used to have these conversations within my my board of elders, you know, and one of my elders was like twenty something, but the rest of them, you know, were older, and and so one of the elders that were there one time told me in our meetings, he said, well, you know, I, I hear you talking about all these wanting to have young people and leadership and stuff like that, but I don't hear you saying anything about our needs and, and our wants. And, you know, he was a 70-year-old guy and stuff like that. And so, you know, there is that that fear of loss and fear of, you know, someone replacing you, I guess, if you want to say it. Um, but I think if you're able to create a mentoring relationship uh, with a young person and you're able to truly do that in an, in a, an engaging way, in an honest way, where, where you talk about, you know, them either taking your place or them just being part of the team. I think that has a huge benefit to the church of having young people just become part of, of a leadership um, position. If it's a board, you know, position or not, doesn't matter, but just being leaders in the church that creates influence within that church to change as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard it said that maybe one of the ways to experiment on the margins is that you can you can do change through addition rather than change through subtraction. Uh, I think a lot of times when we think about change, we want to take one thing and replace it with something different. And and I think if if it's been 30 years since that thing has changed, it's going to be really hard to remove it, uh, whether it's the color of the walls or the color of the carpets or just the <laughs> the order of service. But you know, if you add uh, something that's different by maybe it's in the Friday night service or maybe it's a midweek gathering or something along those lines where you're not killing any sacred cows, at least not when you're beginning, uh, but you're adding something and you're consistent with that and people can start to see the value and, and, and the growth that's taking place. I think that over time gives them the willingness to experiment on things that are closer to the heart. So you, you reminded me of something that happened when I first started pastoring at uh, one of my churches. Um, came out of the seminary, and the senior pastor that was there, he did a study on his community, and that study showed that the people there uh, were younger, um, that they thought more modern concerning churches, and, and so he needed to you know see what we could change in regards to our worship service. And so what they did is they started doing uh, a Friday night uh, worship service and where it was more contemporary and and so they did that like once a month and then they changed it to twice a month and then I think it was probably maybe six to eight months until they started adding elements to Sabbath morning and it wasn't like you know crazy angry people I mean we had few of people that were you know didn't like it were unhappy with it mm -hmm. And I think that those people that stay there were still unhappy even 20 years later. But because the whole church changed, like the whole church changed into a, a legit contemporary worship service. Um, so, yes, when you're talking about adding, I think that um, being able to look at the big picture is, is the best way to go. Awesome. Appreciate that. Well, um, change is an important thing. Uh, it's hard to know what is the right thing to change, how much to change, when to change it, all those kinds of questions come in. So last thing I just want to ask you is like, how do we, how do we identify what absolutely is necessary and what's kind of flexible? What is scriptural and we don't touch this and what is more tradition based? And how do we make, how do we have the wisdom to discern between what is 
maybe not what we should be targeting right away. How do we know what's considered the margin and what's considered the dead center? <laughs> well, obviously, I think if it's if it's scriptural, right? If it's something that the Bible says to do, like, hey, you know, let's not, you know, work on the Sabbath, you know, you know, these things that are that we know that are scriptural. Everything else, to me, if it's not Bible in your face, this is the way you have to follow, it's up to that church. Mm. Every church is different, and they have to go along with the context of who they are, their culture, what they want to do, their mission, their vision, uh, and it really spills out of that. Because every single church I've gone to always has something different. Even if it's both of them are, are contemporary churches, they still have their difference. If, if they're a, a Hispanic church, uh, they still have their difference. Like, I would say that, you know, it just depends on that church. That it really isn't like a, a silver bullet mm -hmm. to the whole process. There has to be conversation between the leaders and between the people that are helping them change to become better or, or change what they're doing. Yeah, I think if there's any silver bullet, it's, uh... It's patience, it's relationship, uh, and it's mm. commitment to experimenting. I mean, this is why we call it experimenting on the margins. So even when we try something, it doesn't quite work out the way we hoped. It doesn't mean we give up. We have a commitment to, to this as, as a value. And so we just want to encourage all of you guys out there who, who are starting this journey and you're experimenting and trying things, uh, take courage, be a, good, uh, be a good heart. Like this matters and what you're doing makes a difference. And uh, we appreciate you all for it. Thank you guys so much. And Juan, thank you again for hanging out with us and sharing your thoughts. Yeah, man, no problem. God bless you, man. Take care.